Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Stand Up Tragedy Podcast. My name's Dave, and I'm your host. And here I am again, recording an introduction in my bed for a show that we recorded up at the Edinburgh Festival, where Stand Up Tragedy went this year to be a part of the PBH Free Fringe. Now, we've been bringing you live tragedy every day up until the 14th, and we are continuing to bring you a daily dose of tragedy in podcast form going out every day of the festival. Clips, interviews and whole performances that we captured up in Edinburgh. We'll also be sharing tragic moments under the hashtag tragic moments. Josie Rose, who is a really gifted harpist and singer, performed for us twice during our run at the Fiddler's Elbow and she tweeted stand-up tragedy with her tragic moment, went out flyering and forgot my flyers. Hashtag tragic moment. Very, very familiar form of tragedy to Edinburgh performers, I'm sure. In fact, I'm not sure which is more tragic, going out but forgetting your flyers or going out and flyering with those flyers to people who do not care for your existence. You can share your tragic moments by using the hashtag tragic moments and if you do do that, we're on Twitter at Stand Up For Tragedy and we're on Facebook as Stand Up Tragedy. And if you want to send us something a bit more long form, email us upstandingtragedy at gmail.com. And we like tragedy in the form of pictures and videos as well as words. So have a think about how to share your tragedy because we love to share tragedy here at Stand Up Tragedy. We have put... At Edinburgh and in our London shows, we love to share different types of performance on stage, both from experienced performers and to people who are starting out and who are relatively new or completely new to performing. We love all kinds of tragic acts because tragedy comes in so many forms and everybody has some tragedy to talk about. Leo Healy had an unusual subject that he wanted to share with the stand-up tragedy audience and we had him along to the fiddler's elbow to do so he's a huge collector and knows all there is to know about the amiga power magazine that went on to gain a cult following by publishing any subject it thought was entertaining but i'm spoiling it for you leo tells it better than i do so let's have a listen to what he had to say before he went on stage leo explained to our producer bryony about his love that magazine. Hello, my name's Leo. I live in Hull and I'm sometimes a stand-up comedian. You live in Hull? Yes. Is that a tragic place? Um, yeah. Yeah, it is really. It's, it's a really weird city. It's kind of off in the middle of nowhere and it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of ignored a little bit. And um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a very odd city. It's kind of how I imagine London being in the 1970s and that it's quite Victorian and quite decaying, a lot of it. Um, it's bits of it are lovely sometimes there's like really nice gigs and there's a great theatre there and stuff um, but other uh, bits of it you just don't visit ever um, would, you tell, um, would you like to tell our listeners a bit about your background with the computer 
yeah, I've been reading computer games magazines ever since I've been playing computer games, really. Um, the first one I really got into was N64 magazine, uh, for the Nintendo 64, obviously. Um, and uh, the editor on that, uh, Jonathan Davies, the first editor, um, wrote for the, um, the magazine I'm going to be talking about tonight, Amiga Power. So I sort of got into it through that. And it's just been something I've been really interested in because a lot of them from back then were like really well written and really funny and influenced by stuff like Private Eye and everything like that. Over the years I've started like amassing a massive collection of them. I have at least like five, six hundred in my parents' house back in Peterborough that I'm sort of slowly adding to, ranging from um, 1982 to the present day. Not for any real purpose other than that, then um, I, I enjoy reading them. Yeah, I dread to think how much I've spent on them. <laughs> What's it like to tell people about the um, magazine and the pieces you do in your collection? It was for uh, Joyce Long's Lost Treasure of the Black Hearts. It was like an obscure thing that I really love that no one else really knows about. That sort of sprung to mind instantly. And it was, it was really nice to introduce sort of a new group of people to this sort of quite secret little thing that I really enjoy. And certainly when I was at that night, um, down in London, a, a lot of people came up and said they really enjoyed it, which was which was really nice. And a, f a few people, um, there was a couple of people who just said they'd been to dinner with one of the previous writers off Amiga Power, which was yeah, which was really surreal. Um, like I mentioned, a website he used to write for called Rock Paper Shotgun, and they and they sort of cheered when um, when I mentioned that, and I went up and had a chat with them uh, after that. And yeah, it was really nice to sort of see that there were other people that that uh, sort of knew about that sort of that sort of world and uh, cared about it as well, which was great. Well, I suppose the story of Amiga Power itself is quite tragic in that, well, in my opinion, in the opinion of a lot of other people, it's the, the, the best computer games magazine ever. Um, but they, um, they were sort of always put down by the publishers and um, the publishers never really believed in them. And um, I suppose, I mean, it's the nature of the industry really that, um, you know, when a when a computer or a games console is sort of dying, there's not as many games written for it anymore, then, you know, there's no point for having a magazine for it anymore. But, yeah, I mean, it's still, it was still sad to see um, such, a, such a great magazine just sort of fall, fail because the, the computer was failing. I mean, they could have, they could have um, sort of expanded the, the concept, the idea of it, um, to cover other, other things. It just sort of, sort of died out a little bit. Uh, oh God! Um, I think when I was playing my, I was playing my two brothers. I was playing Smash Brothers on the N64, and you've got you've got a weapon there called a Proximity Mine. Where you lob it on the ground, and if someone else runs at it, that they blow up. And I'd lobbed this down quite early in the match, and I'd forgotten about it. So I was just about to win, and then ran it myself and died. Stand up, tragedy. Hello, uh, as Dave said, my name's Leo, and tonight I'd like to talk to you about a computer games magazine called Amiga Power. In my opinion, the greatest computer games magazine ever written. Yeah. Now, um, I, I realise that getting up here and saying, hello, my name's Leo, I'd like to come and talk to you about a computer games magazine, uh, Amiga Power, the greatest computer games magazine of all time is, well, it, a little bit... <laughs> Computer games don't really have the best press at the moment. I may as well get up here and say, hello, my name's Leo. I'd like to talk to you about Nuts magazine, the greatest uh, football and boobs magazine of all time. Or given the, um, given the sort of the editorial integrity of, of computer games magazines at the moment, I may as well get up here and say, I'd like to talk to you about Autumn Winter 2007, the greatest Argos catalog of all time. <laughs> um, which, because, you know, their games magazines now are basically um, advertising for... Um, computer games. 
Um, it, it's not the best example. Um, it's, it's doubly not the best example because August winter 2007 isn't even the best Argos catalogue of all time. Um, spring uh, summer two, uh, 1985 is the best Argos catalogue of all time. Um, you've got A-team bed sheets, you've got meta uh, mechanical typewriters, you've got a little like night Rider pedal car with a um, sticker of David Hasselhoff's face on the front of it. I mean, what's not to like there? Um, but I'm not talking about any of those. Um, I'm not talking about the present of computer games magazines. I'm talking about the past. The glorious, glorious forgotten past. I'm talking about Amiga Power. Um, Amiga, Power Amiga Power was published from 1991 to 1996 by Future Publishing. Um, but it was written in the offices of Future Publishing by um, people who were employed by Future Publishing. But Future Publishing themselves were sort of indifferent to its existence, really, which in a weird way sort of worked to their advantage um, because they were able to kind of write whatever they wanted um, they, uh, without um, publishers breathing down their necks or anything, which is a real problem um, currently for computer games magazines. Um, the Amiga in its name is related to the Commodore Amiga computer, which um, was brought out in the mid-'80s, uh, beginning with the Amiga 1000 in 1985, um, the Amiga 500 in 1987, the 500 Plus... 600, the 2000, the um, CD TV, which was sort of like a half VCR, half CD player that had about four games released for it and then sank without a trace. Um, the 2500, the 3000, the 1200, the 4000, um, the CD32, which was a games console brought out to compete with stuff like the Super Nintendo, the Sega Mega Drive, but um, um, but it was basically just an Amiga 1200 without a keyboard and with a CD-ROM drive. Uh, that one pretty much bankrupted Commodore, actually. Um, anyway, um, Amiga, Amiga Power's sole focus was games brought out for the Amiga. They didn't talk about programming it or adding more memory to it or anything. And, but despite this like clearly stated, um, often repeated fact, people kept writing into the magazine um, with like boring technical questions. Um, asking, like, how do I connect my CD32 to a printer? Despite the fact that the CD32 is the games console one. Um, this kept happening, and, and it really got on the writers' nerves. So what they do every couple of months is um, collect all those letters into one big section called Ask AP, and then they would respond to them with incredibly violent threats. Um, <laughs> in the example, how do I connect my CD32 to a printer? They would respond, why don't you try gouging out your eyes with a fork? To try and stop people to uh, try and stop people uh, sending those letters in, but um, it it didn't really work. And that was what was great about Amiga Power, or certainly one of the things. Um, it was the irreverent, angry young man of computer games magazines in my eyes. Um, certainly, the the, uh, the cover the cover line on the magazine just underneath where it said Amiga Power from the very first issue was a magazine with attitude, which was changed after issue uh, 51 um, when um, Cam Winston took over as the editor to THE Magazine with Attitude because he thought A Magazine with Attitude was too wishy-washy and he didn't like that at all, which, yeah, which, um, which is great. And another great thing about Amiga Power was um, the fact that they were completely 100% honest with all their reviews, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you read other computer games magazines, it really, really is. Um, you know, one of their writers would just play a game and then give his or her honest opinion about the game um, and score it out of 100, with 100 being a perfect game, zero being a completely terrible game, and 50 being an exactly average game. And um, you'd be surprised how much this got on the nerves of computer games publishers, to be honest. Um, I think I'm right in saying Amiga Power holds the, uh, holds the record for the most lawsuits ever filed against a computer games magazine, um, just for you know, doing, right by their, doing right by their readers, making sure they didn't buy rubbish games. Um, 
Um, some companies went even further than this. Um, there were two companies, I think, uh, US Gold and Team 17, who um, just stopped talking to the magazine altogether. They uh, just stopped sending them games to review after they gave one of their games um, a, a bad review one time. Uh, so if Amiga Power wanted to um, uh, review another game by, um, by either of those companies, they would have to um, just go out to a shop and buy it, um, which, again, doesn't sound like a big deal, but <coughs> it just speaks to the integrity of the magazine that they would go to that length to make sure that their publishers, uh, that their readers, sorry, um, didn't buy, didn't buy terrible games, even in the face of um, such as um, Jonathan Nash, the best writer on AP said. Sorry, I've got this written down somewhere. Whining childish hate mongering. Um, that was, uh, that was one, of my favorite, one of my favorite things about the magazine. Um, the picture I've given them so far is a quite, quite angry, quite like a, like a vicious dog that only really cares about its owner. But they were, they were, they were so much better than that. Um, more than, they were pretty much the most beautifully written games magazine I've, I've, I've ever come across. Um, like for, for instance, in one issue, um, where one writer, um, Cam Winston Lee, in issue 44, wrote a feature in the magazine called So Why Exactly Are Helicopters So Cool? Just because he really liked helicopters. And, and uh, later on in Amiga Power's life, as um, Amiga games started dwindling with stuff like the Sony PlayStation, the Sega Saturn coming out, there not as many games were released on the Amiga anymore. So Amiga Power didn't have as much to write about, but still had a magazine to fill. Um, so what they did, instead of being boring and talking about games from the past or modems or something, um, they got inventive and in issue 55 of the magazine, um, on the front cover um, advertised this, they published the unrelated JFK assassination special, <laughs> which, which is exactly what it sounds like, uh, basically a nine page feature in the middle of a computer games magazine about the assassination of U.S. President John F. Kennedy. Uh, it was brilliant. Um, they reconstructed um, they reconstructed Dealey Plaza in the office. Uh, they got like a cardboard cutout of Kennedy's head on a stick and put it in a toy car and pulled it along the floor on a string. And one of them sat in like an extended. Um, you know, there's swivel chairs you can sort of like do that with, like extend fully. They sat on one of those and like shot it with a BB gun. That was their job. They did that for work. Um, <laughs> and then in issue 61, um, the, they published the AP files, um, which was the two remaining staff members, uh, Tim Norris and Sue Huntley, dressed up like Mulder and Scully and slagged off the paranormal. Um, in issue 63, um, they published a feature called Bloody, 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 which was just uh, a love letter to their favorite actor, the young Michael Caine. Um, it, was, it was a really great time for Amiga Power. Like, not having anything to write about really freed them up um, to write about anything. They were shut down two issues later. Um, in the final issue, um, <coughs> issue 65, um, all the writers were killed off um, at the final episode of Blake 7 um, by, the, um, by the four cyclists of the apocalypse, which were, uh, which were a group they'd invented several years earlier to, um, to basically liven up a dull feature about uh, joysticks. <laughs> Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was quite heartbreaking, really. But um, the, the really heartbreaking thing about Amiga Power is that um, their legacy's kind of forgotten. At one point, they were the best-selling Amiga games magazine in the world um, with something like a readership of about 40,000, which is massively more than um, games magazines have nowadays. But um, like all the lessons and all the brilliant things they did are largely forgotten. 
Um, there was, I think there was, there was a couple of, there was a couple of places that still sort of, still sort of hold out to their, to their beliefs. Uh, the PC Games magazine, uh, PC Games website, sorry, uh, Rock Paper Shotgun, if anyone knows that, um, is influenced by Media Power, definitely. And the only other place was uh, another magazine published by Future called uh, Endgamer or Nintendo Gamer. Then they shut that down last year, so um, that was rubbish. Um, um, I'll leave you uh, with the final words from AP2, the um, Amiga Powers sort of tribute making of website that a few of the writers published um, after, um, after Amiga Power shut down. I've got it written down again. Sorry. Though it no longer exists in physically tangible form, the spirit of Amiga Power cannot be killed. We regret nothing. We apologize for nothing. We hope we were funny. We were never joking. Thank you. To compliment Leo's love of computer games, here's my own tribute to video games. I wrote this song, The Last Platform, about your favorite platform game character. Shut your eyes, everybody, and imagine your favorite platform game character. Picture them in your mind. Uh, this song is about, well, their last, their last day, uh, their last time. It's called The Last Platform, and it goes a bit like this. My face is smiling, that's how they program me. These pixels, they are dying, the world disappears slowly. Dust fills the cartridge, jungles and mountains disappear. I tried to jump onto a ledge, but it's no longer there. No one plays this anymore, no one plays this anymore. And my enemies, they all went first Leaving me all alone on this screen Walking through empty landscapes Remembering what we had been It used to be bright, the music didn't stop And if you died, you just got up again We didn't realise that things could change That the game could ever really end No one plays this anymore No one plays this anymore forgotten me they have forgotten me dust fills the spaces making everything glitch I'm separated forever you can't control me anymore this is the last platform and I cannot jump This is the last platform, why can't I jump? This is the last platform and I cannot jump This is the last platform, oh why can't I jump? I've forgotten my name and the 
name of the game Soon you will forget me too You've put me away because I don't work And you have new and better things to use Things that don't age and don't break Things you think will last forever But listen to me, learn from my fate They said the same things about me However, no one plays this anymore No one plays this anymore No one plays this anymore You have forgotten me You have forgotten me You have forgotten So Stand Up Tragedy, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and the Stitcher Smart Radio app where you can subscribe to our podcast. We're going to be back doing live shows in December in London, but between then and now, for the rest of the festival, we're going to be bringing you a daily dose of tragedy as part of this podcast. Now remember, tragedy is best shared, and for today, the tragedy is over. Ah.